This is the Savvy Philanthropist Podcast. My name is Kirk. We are a financial planning podcast for people who want to do philanthropy well. Whether you're a donor trying to do some good in the world, or you're a development officer trying to connect resources with the people who need them, this podcast is all about how to navigate our U.S. legal and financial system in order to make the greatest philanthropic impact you can. This is episode 11. Is your gift well endowed? Well, that's kind of a personal question, but it's also the topic of this week's episode. To endow or not endow, that is the question. Today's discussion is a brief description of another one of those basic, fundamental concepts in modern philanthropy. It's the concept of endowments. But most simply, there are two primary ways that charities accept and manage funds that are donated to them. Gifts are endowed, or they're not endowed. Those are the choices. As a brief aside, there are also things called quasi-endowments, but those are pretty rare, and to be honest, they're mostly a short-term variation on the endowment concept, so we're not going to treat them separately. We're going to stick with the standard endowed-non-endowed distinction. So first, non-endowed. This is the easy one. You won't typically hear the word non-endowed all that often, because it basically just means cash. You give money to a charity, and the charity uses that money to fund its activities. Money in, money out. Easy peasy at least from an accounting's perspective. This system is, by far, the most common approach to philanthropy, if you're going by the number of individual gifts made. That is to say that the great majority of individual gifts in American philanthropy are for non-endowed contributions. When you put money in the plate at church, or you write a check in response to a mailer for the local pregnancy center, or you get a phone call from your old university and make an online gift, those contributions are all, unless you're told otherwise, for non-endowed gifts. To repeat myself a bit, the charity accepts your gift, deposits deposits it in their checking account, and then spends it on their operations and programs. Pretty straightforward. The other option is an endowed gift. This is the second approach I mentioned above. The concept of an endowed gift is, again, pretty straightforward. Rather than spending your gift, the charity takes your contribution, invests it, and then only spends the earnings from those investments. The details get a good bit more complicated than that, but that's the basic idea. Generally speaking, a gift needs to be kind of large before endowing it makes much sense. This is because the annual earnings on a small gift are usually too small to make the impact that the donor and the charity are looking for. So while most individual gifts are not endowed, most large gifts actually end up getting endowed. So how does a charity decide whether to endow a gift or not? Good question. A non-endowed gift provides immediate benefit to the groups or causes the donor and the charity are trying to help. But once the money is spent, it's gone. On the other hand, an endowed gift has to be invested for a while, usually at least a year, for it to realize some earnings before those earnings can be spent. So there's a definite time lag. Also, the amount that charity can spend every year is a lot smaller than the original size of the gift. For example, a $25,000 endowment will only generate around $1,000 a year or so for the charity to use. The flip side is, of course, that the endowment will continue in perpetuity, meaning that over time the gift will be a permanent source of support for the groups or causes the donor and the charity are trying to support. So which one is better? Neither. Both approaches are useful and vital for good philanthropy. They just fit different circumstances. Figuring out which type of gift will do the most good is a conversation between the donor and the charity. The charity can identify the greatest needs of the people it is trying to serve, and the donor can identify which goals he or she finds most meaningful. The crossover between those two perspectives is where you'll find the right answer. If you're enjoying this podcast, be sure to click subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. If you know other people who might find this podcast worthwhile, 
please share it on your social media platform of choice. And if you're feeling particularly generous, a rating or review for the show on whatever podcast service you use would really help to get the word out about the show. You can find The Savvy Philanthropist on the internet at thesavvyphilanthropist.podbean.com. You can find me on LinkedIn at the link below in the show notes. You can follow me on Twitter where I am at RossPlan. And if you have any ideas, suggestions, or helpful insights, feel free to email me at thesavvyphilanthropist at gmail.com. That's it for episode 11. Thanks for listening. Next week, we're going to talk about the folks who do the work raising money for charity. And after that, there will only be three more episodes in our introductory series on the basics of modern philanthropy. While you're waiting for those, remember, do well, then do good, but always be savvy.